Welcome to Justice Lose. Here's the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, naming movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston. Joined as always with my delightful co-host, Matt. Matt, Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Both of us are recovering from colds. In a little bit. Yeah, my voice the, is fine, but my, it's it's the season change. It's just became fall, so yep. my body, every season change, reacts with extreme violence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and typically, I'll just let it happen and get super sick for like three or four days. But I've had a lot of tests and homework and stuff, so I've been kind of pushing back on it, and it's not okay with that. So it's <laughs> being a little mean. Yeah. I've been – I need to do my uh, orange juice thing. Gage showed me this thing where if you chug half a gallon of orange juice, you'll be fine. I, I didn't do it. that I didn't do that when I felt this one coming on, but I've been taking medicine. Yeah. Tons of medicine. No, orange juice is like a magical cold cure. Yeah. Uh, what you been doing? Uh, well – a variety of normal things and then just watching so many horror movies again. <laughs> um, so I'll start with the normal God things. God damn it. <laughs> Good start. Good I, start. I took the cough medicine before I left. It's not working. <laughs> uh, I, yesterday, last night at about 2 a.m., finally finished Silmarillion. Oh, shit. I actually finished it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And? And? Um, yeah. <laughs> and? <laughs> I really liked parts of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very inconsistent there's a lot of where it takes like a historical perspective almost and it's like okay and then this group of elves led by this king and his son and they they went to this place and built a city on the hill here between these two rivers and on the forest and they all were very noble and mm-hmm. land was plentiful and there was a star upon everyone's brow and it was good there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of that that very much drags yeah um but when he actually gets into more little discrete stories especially the more character driven ones mm-hmm. um i'm thinking specifically uh story of baron and luthien which mm-hmm. gets referenced in lord of the rings and yep. is was kind of like the crowning centerpiece of his mythology in a way yeah. uh the story of turin is like also really interesting not and well written. That one. yeah uh, that one's not as well known but i really enjoyed that one um those sorts of stories he does really well there's a lot of interesting thematic content he gets a, a lot of it's contrasting the difference between the men and the elves and mm-hmm. um how immortality for the elves is both a blessing and a curse and death for men is both blessed and a curse uh-huh. um and it sort of goes into those differences and how the various races like resist or lean into their destinies and how that affects them um, yeah it's, it's very interesting and of course the the Tolkien creation story, which is like the very beginning of Silmarillion, is great. Yeah. And it's iconic and very cool how he yeah. does that. Uh, so, don't know if I recommend it unless you're like a hardcore Tolkien nerd who hasn't got around to it. Um, but if you're interested in some of the like behind-the-scenes stuff for Lord of the Rings, at least check out like the creation, creation story and Baron and Luthien okay. from Silmarillion. And I'd say give it a go. Everyone, give it a go. Give it a right go. Right on. But it's... Uh, right on. Right on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's <coughs> God damn it. It's not an easy read, and it's not <clears throat> meant to be read like a single straightforward story. Okay. It's, it's very much the Middle-Earth Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. I finished season one of The Good Place, which I wouldn't otherwise mention, except... The ending of season one comes together in a really shocking and cool way. Okay. Like, 
legitimately great plot twist. Okay. That I sort of saw coming, which I'm proud of, but it's still really cool. Okay. So I now- mean, considering that you edited that, I, I just want to point out that I made a joke and it happened to be the actual spoiler. Right. Keep that in. Just yes. because I like to take credit when I call things. <laughs> okay, so Preston guessed the good place season one. This twist. is the kind of writer I am. I like yeah. them. that's a that's a plot twist that I would do. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I did, I watched the first episodes of the new and final season of House of Cards. Oh, bad. It's not as bad as Arrested Development season five, but that's not bad. much is. So <laughs> it's bad. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It's incoherent to beyond belief. Like. So they kill off Frank between seasons. Yep. And uh, now Claire's president. And I have no idea. Because that's how the line of succession works? Well, she no, she became the vice president oh, okay. in season five. I stopped paying attention after yeah. season one. Yeah, she she was the vice president. She was actually going to become the president at the end of season five. Um, but they have no idea what they want us to feel about her character. Mm-hmm. They, I can't tell if they want her to be sympathetic or repulsive or fascinating, but repulsive in sort of the way that Frank was or scary. I just, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel yeah. at all because they're, and they're throwing elements in various different directions and it's just, it's a mess. The story is already off to a bad start. Characters are out of their original character and mm-hmm. it's just i will probably eventually finish it out of morbid curiosity <laughs> so i'll let you know how, how that goes when i eventually <coughs> kind of how, kinda how we both did iron fist yeah a little bit we just finished it pure, like well actually that was more of like we're kind of obligated yeah. yeah that was just like putting us through. it was also you know you know glutton for punishment yeah it's so bad a little bit. It's so fucking bad. Yeah. I remember when we were going to rewatch the whole menu to do an episode, when we did our me- episode on it before The Defenders, and I couldn't even make it through yep, the second nope. time. I didn't even – I think I watched – started watching the first season of Daredevil, mm-hmm. but I also got busy, and I was also just not right. looking forward to watching Iron Fist. Right. I got through everything, and I watched, like, the first episode of Iron Fist, and I was like, oh, boy, this is not good. And <laughs> then I got really drunk alone one night and watched about four more episodes and then stopped. Wow, that is the saddest sentence I've ever heard you say. <laughs> like, that is really sad. Uh, All of it. Like, the, just deconstructing the sentence yeah. would just make it worse. <laughs> it was not a, not a great night. Damn. Yeah. Well, um, on a brighter note, on what a, else? On a brighter note, I watched between this past Sunday and today, which is a Saturday, I have watched 13 different horror movies. Holy crap. Yes. Holy crap. So, um... Uh, how many of them are good ones? What I'm going to do is I want to spend a little time on one of them. Uh, and then the other 12 I'll go through and I'll give a one-sentence synopsis and a one-sentence review, basically. Okay. Uh, so the one I want to spend a little time on is The Reef. Not because it's great. It's a generic shark movie. A bunch of mm-hmm. Australians are on a sailboat. And by a bunch, I mean like five. A mm-hmm. uh, sailboat gets torn up on a reef and starts sinking. They're like, okay, well, we got to swim. There's an island within reasonable swimming distance. Um, so they start swimming, and a shark starts chasing them and picking them off one by one. How do they make a full movie out of that? That sounds like an act two. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it like it works as a movie. It's not terrible. Um, but the the reason I I bring it up is not because of anything interesting in the movie itself, but because I realized that. So I've, I've said before that I don't really get scared by horror movies, mm-hmm. but sharks are kind of one of my irrational fears in real life. Yep. And so I actually get the horror effect from watching shark movies. Yeah. So that's fun. I'll have to watch a few more. Just yeah. just for the heck of Why it. Why would you put yourself through that? Isn't that I what don't people... like paranormal, so I avoid paranormal movies like The Plague. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, because it's, it's an experience for me. I haven't. It's that controlled risk thing we talked about last week. Like, I don't feel that watching a normal horror movie. I don't mm-hmm. really feel scared. Um, and so it, it's it's cool to have that experience sometimes, okay. I think. Um, the other revelation I had thinking about this is that shark movies are just slasher movies in disguise. Yeah. It's a faceless enemy that kind of comes out of nowhere and picks you off one by one, and it seems unstoppable and terrifying. Yeah. Uh, also, when did the first shark movie come out? 1975, which was right at the, the yeah, beginning slasher. of slasher movies. Yeah. So um, I thought that was very interesting. But I think that shark movies have something different because they're not reliant on a fear of interpersonal violence like slasher movies uh-huh. are necessarily. Um, so that's why they have... They're reliant on the fear of 75% of the earth. Exactly. <laughs> It's a, it's a much more natural, deep fear, but it just builds on that formula. So I think that shark movies are more likely to be continually What's successful. the actual percentage of ocean on the Earth? It's something like 75. That sounds about right. I'm going to look it up because I care. Okay. <laughs> um, I also completely forgot to mention Alien last week, which was my bad because that's one of my 71. actual favorite horror movies. 71? Uh-huh. Good, good guess. Uh, I think Alien is also just a slasher movie that happens to be in space. I don't know. That's more kind of like, well, I mean, from the the first one I saw is more like psychological, like they're hidden and you're trying to like, they're sneaking around. Well, I mean, you're, you're in this place and you're getting picked off one by one by a faceless thing. It's, it's, it's similar to the shark movie formula. It's similar to the slasher movie formula. It Mm -hmm. came at that same point. I think. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, for the other other dozen horror movies I saw, um, The Bay, it's a found footage eco-thriller about these parasites that infect everyone, uh, makes decent use of the found footage genre, and is kind of creepy. Solid. Um, Oculus, uh, a brother and sister, actually Nebula and Robin. Um, but, like Brenton Twig? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, brother and sister, they were terrorized by a haunted mirror as kids. Uh, they come back to try to destroy it ten years later. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Um, There's a thing about an apple that like got like turned into a light bulb or something. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it had some clever twists and turns and did some interesting stuff with the paranormal tropes. Okay. Uh, Skeleton Key. It's a mid-aughts uh, set in Louisiana bayous. A woman is taking care of an old man who had a stroke. Uh, and then creepy voodoo shenanigans begin to happen. Um bogged down by a lot of unnecessary and bad early to mid autism's okay um hyper stylized flashbacks and stuff yeah uh solid twist at the end but not enough to justify a lot of the stupid stuff mm-hmm. um the conjuring uh it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a period piece um 
horror movie set in the mid 70s based on a true story actually of yeah. the, the, the warrens <laughs> who are um paranormal researchers or ghost hunters or whatever mm. and they go to help clear out a farmhouse that's very badly infested with spirits mm. um pretty creepy uh the effect was amplified because a cricket got into the apartment and <laughs> while i was watching and so I'm just sitting there watching, and Hannah was sitting over at the desk working on something, and all of a sudden she jumps up and freaks out right as the protagonist is walking down into the basement alone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I pause it and go over, and we, we get the cricket. And then I come back and, like, immediately hit it, and within a second there's a jump scare. <laughs> so got jump scared in real life by that one. Uh, as a movie, it's egregiously a setup for its cinematic universe, and it's weird to me that the world let it get away with that. Hmm. um it's adequate i think definitely more scary than most of the things on this list but not better as a movie mm -hmm. um the witch in the window uh basically no budget no name uh kid and his dad go to an isolated house in vermont to fix it up so the dad can flip it um spooky shenanigans ensue because the previous owner was a witch uh i really liked this one the okay. it's almost entirely not scary but it does a really good job with the human drama okay um some really egregious continuity errors notwithstanding like there's a major plot point that the kid has to leave his phone at home and then the kid gets out his phone and uses it ah! later on in fairly high profile situations oh man so that's disappointing but like the the actual drama was really good mm -hmm. um revenge uh european really shitty movie or pretty bad movie third and third in the series actually sixth in the series revenge of the fifth uh, commonly shortened to revenge i was thinking of jaws the revenge oh <laughs> uh, no this one is a it's a european uh rape revenge thriller uh woman gets brought on a, a getaway by her boyfriend uh, a couple of his sleazy friends show up bad stuff goes down she bloodily murders them all oh good yeah good yes it's a it's a whole subgenre it's a subgenre yeah um, the Body, which is actually the first episode of a Hulu series, anthology series on horror movies, each set around a different holiday. So this one, a hitman kills a guy and has to dispose of the body. His job is made a lot easier by the fact that it's Halloween, and so he can pretend lugging around the body through the streets is just a costume. <laughs> um, not sure if it's terrible or just really fun, but I had a lot of fun with it. Uh -huh. um, it's got some interesting satirical twists and stuff. Um, not great, but enjoyable. Mm -hmm. uh, Under the Shadow, uh, an Iranian horror movie about a family during the Iran-Iraq War that gets haunted by a djinn. Um, I think I'm not the target audience because I think there's a lot of cultural weight that goes into what makes that movie scary and resonant, mm -hmm. but I appreciated it. It was well-crafted and did a good job of creating atmosphere and had good human drama. Okay. Uh, Train to Busan. Uh, Korean zombie movie, zombie outbreak happens um, while the protagonist, who's a divorced dad and his daughter, are on a train. Mm -hmm. um, 
more than halfway through the movie, I was consciously thinking that this is going to end up in my top ten favorite movies ever. Wow. The third act did enough wrong to knock that down to oh. my favorite zombie movie ever, but still really good. Okay. Um, let's see. The Descent. A group of adrenaline junkie women go spelunking. Uh, things go kind of wrong, and then things go horrifyingly wrong with cannibal monsters. Okay. It's decent. Hmm. Get it? Descent. Ha. Decent. Fuck ha. off. Um, and then Ermentari. Which is a Basque horror movie. Basque? Basque. It's a isolated culture in the area between Spain and France with its own culture and traditions and a language that's not related to any European languages. Weird. Yeah. It's really interesting. So it's based on a folk myth about a blacksmith who has imprisoned a demon in his home. Um hmm. Again, I think I'm missing some of the shared cultural stuff that would have made this more yeah. interesting. But the effects were really good, and it had a pretty powerful story, I felt like. It's it's very much sort of fairy tale-ish, like the, the fairy tale half of Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, solid. And then, so I realized in seeing these horror movies, I hadn't seen Saw. So I thought I should see Saw so I could say I hadn't seen Saw. So I saw Saw, and having seen Saw, I can safely say Saw's sort of silly. Scary, sure, but seeing Saw saw me seesawing between yawning and saying Saw's just blah. Fuck <laughs> you. Uh, what? <laughs> How many times did you practice that? Uh, not many. I wrote it down. I know you wrote it down, but still, that that took some practicing. Yeah, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times. How long did you take? How long did it take you to write that? Not that long. I basically sat down, wrote it, read it to Hannah. She's like, it needs one more sentence, so I tacked on one more sentence. That is obscene. Yep. Yeah. Saw. It's overrated. Yeah. <coughs> oh, God. Wow, I got stabbed in the neck. That was attractive. <laughs> no, it's 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 a it's a movie if you like to watch gratuitous deaths that are appropriate. Yeah. It's the, the same people that would watch this are the same ones that would watch Final Destination. Yeah. It has jack shit for plot. Yeah. It hasn't it makes no sense. Yeah. But all the all the deaths are ironic. And there's a sense of, like, gratuitous and terrible justice yeah. to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, I can see why it's popular, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. I just hacked up some stuff. I'm going to get tissues. Why? Hacking them is not my thing. <laughs> He's gone in search of tissues. Now that I've got you alone to myself, I don't know. I hadn't thought this far ahead. Delightful. Okay, you're gonna edit anyway. all that out. Yep. Unless you don't want to edit out. I yeah, probably will. In which case, that, why? <laughs> um, is that all you've been up to? That's all my horror movies. All right. So I have – I read the first issue of Batman Damned finally. I bought Batman Damned for $60. It's going to be worth hundreds in a few months or years. Yep. I'm excited for that because they are refusing to reprint it. Uh, and we're at like 20 minutes now, so I'm oh, like flying through this. Uh, I am continuing to read uh, Teen Titans. Uh, update on Titans. Uh, it is still not as bad as the first episode was. Okay. Um, the chemistry between Beast Boy and uh, – 
Raven is actually pretty good. Okay. Pretty interesting. Uh, they're both like kind of weird. Uh, actor for Raven isn't fantastic. She's a kid, but she's not an annoying kid. It's just like I could see that in the future, she as she gets more experience acting, she'll be, she'll be better. Okay. Um, this most recent episode was about the Doom Patrol, which is where Beast Boy Tales like started his stuff. Mm-hmm. They drastically changed origins. Mm-hmm. Like they the most of the, uh, at least Beast Boy's origin, because his origin is that his parents were experimenting on him to cure your disease, and it just happened to give this thing. Uh, in Titans, they the uh, the chief. Who is the, like the leader of the uh, of the Doom Patrol? Is the one that experiment or that gave him the cure. Okay. So it was just a deliberate cure as opposed to an experimentation. Um, they changed Elastigirl's power set. Uh, they make her more of like a clay faced kind of like her face is disgusting and she like composes it, oh. um, which is entirely different in in the comics. She just can get big and small. Okay. Um, but otherwise, it was it was pretty good. Uh, the the Doom Patrol actors, uh, the chemistry and the way they were, were actually pretty pretty entertaining. Okay, and fun to watch. Hey, that's good. Um, it's it seems to be going like well, the quality is drastically like is varying wildly. The first one was terrible. The second one was pretty decent. Third one was not that fantastic, but not bad. Mm-hmm. This one was a little bit better than the last one. Not as good as the second one, but way better than the first one. Okay. So it seems to be kind of, like, oscillating. Okay. Uh, I watched Fistful of Dollars. Oh. That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that one was on your list, wasn't waiting, it? Waiting to drop that on you. Uh, wow, wow. I was What'd gonna... I started... Like, I had time the other day, so uh-huh. I was like, I guess I'll start, like, going through the list of a thousand movies. Alright. Um... Shawshank Redemption wasn't on any streaming services. I started watching Godfather, but Andrew has Godfather. Ah. So I'm not going to waste time watching that on streaming service, but I can watch it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next down was Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, I was about to start watching it, and Andrew said that you have to watch Fistful of Dollars, uh, a few, few more dollars, dollars. A few dollars more. A few dollars more, and then Good, Bad, and the Ugly. That's not necessarily well, true. Well, I mean, he said, that, he said you the can watch the them. That, yeah, yeah, he said you can watch them as they are. But mm-hmm. So I did that. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I can see why it's, like, a classic and it's entertaining. Uh, I definitely wasn't that invested in it, so, like, I would kind of, like, do stuff on my phone Uh and have the synopsis or the plot breakdown. So, as I would get to things, I'd go back and read and make sure that I caught everything. Okay. Just because I wasn't, like, super invested in it. Okay. Um, That one's pretty far down on the list, but it's still on the list. Yeah. Uh, And I think that is – oh, I also watched the first three episodes of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. Okay. What'd you think? Uh, Emily told me right before we started watching, she's like, all right, the pacing is weird. Like, cause it, blah, blah, oh, right, yeah, like, it. a mess. And I was like, and watching it within the first 20 minutes of the first episode, I could very easily, I would have been able to tell cause they hit like eight major plot points in the first yeah. 20 minutes. It's like, Hey, this, 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 this. And oh, I was yeah. like, good God. They're like, Oh crap. We got to wrap this up in 13 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Just start smashing things together. Seven episodes. Well, Seven episodes of season seven. Five episodes, okay. Six episodes of season eight. See, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's wildly paced. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's still entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's still a great show. Uh, I think that's all I've done. Okay. I've also been sick, so I've been sleeping a lot. That's always important. Yep. Oh, also the second issue of uh, Heroes in Crisis. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. is also really good. Uh, basically, what I think they're going for is, like, so, like, the sanctuary is for heroes. Can They can come and talk to this therapy computer, like mm-hmm. this computer therapist. 
Um, and everything they say is like recorded and then deleted. But someone seems to have hacked it and now has video of like all of the heroes like talking and like including Clark Kent turn and like talking about being Superman and Clark oh, Kent. Uh, and Lois Lane got um well we we're so what it does is Lois Lane has I mean spoilers for this people aren't going to read it. Um <laughs> Lois Lane talks and she is talking to another um reporter and she's like, "Yeah, we got this like anonymous thing of Arsenal talking about like a red arrow talking about being a heroin addict." And then it cuts to Clark Kent's video of him talking about being Clark Kent and we're in your like, so obviously implication this can come out mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh shit. Some really interesting, like, <clears throat> like re- revelations of the entirety of the superhero community. Yeah. See where this goes. Okay. All right. That's all I've been up to. All right. Uh, news. Uh, sure, 25 minutes. Yep. Fortunately, it's another pretty slow. Ewan McGregor. Week. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Is, Ewan uh, McGillen is is is. is God damn it! <laughs> is uh <laughs> cast as Black Mask in the Birds of Prey movie, mm-hmm. which I dig so much. Okay. I am so excited for this movie. They said that they definitely confirmed they're going with rated R, so they have yep. ways to go with uh the villain side of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor is awesome. Black Mask is cool. Like Ewan McGregor can definitely be like menacing. If he needs to be, and that. Hello there. God, shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with this. Um, still a little concerned that they're going to change the origin of Black Mask because Black Mask is pretty comic booky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, do you know the origin of Black Mask? I don't. Uh, so his parents. So he was actually a pretty close friend of Bruce Wayne when they were kids. Okay. Uh, his parents forced him to be social because they lived the high life, basically. Uh, and they like they pretended to be good, but they were terrible. And he mm-hmm. hated that about them. He hated them that they wore masks. Oh. Uh, and then they died. And then he, I think, okay, I'm, I'm losing it a little bit. He was, he got struck by lightning, I think, and his face got super fucked up. So he went and broke into his family, um, tomb, whatever, mm-hmm. and used his dad's. It, uh, this that's an over fact. Used his dad's ebony, ebony casket to make a mask for himself okay um and then slowly developed into him having like brainwash powers and then like the mask is have brainwash powers and stuff like that yep it's very inconsistent but anyway well give us room to play now the cw show are using monitor do you know what that means the monitor that's the the big guy Anti-monitor is the big guy. So, yes, you're on that track. Which means they could be going Crisis on Infinite Earths. I have been talking for almost two years now, from over two years now. Oh, yes. That I have wanted wanted somebody to do Crisis on Infinite Earths. Not CW! (laughs) Anyone them. God, no! Please, for the love of God, this is going to go terribly. Like, they've been using Elseworlds horribly. Like they even uh, they actually came out and confirmed that uh, Batman's not gonna be in this else else world because they can't fucking get they can't afford it because they can only afford the little ones. Yep. Um, kind of. Uh, so they put the they cast the monitor and although he looks fantastic, he looks very accurate. And even George Perez, the guy who created the monitor, mm-hmm. came out and was like, "Yeah, it looks good." No, Marv Wolfman, Marv Wolfman, both of them, both of them work on Crisis Universe. Um, so he looks good. However, they're going to fuck everything up. There's no way that they're going to be able to explain 
the stuff that they need to explain in the show. Mm-hmm. They're going to ruin it like they always do, and they're just – it's just – I really hope they do Christ on Infinite Earths, and it destroys everything, and it becomes one show of CW so that, like – they take these like six shows they have going on, makes it one show, so we only have to hear about it once. Instead Please. of just like, <laughs> instead of like these, they keep talking about all these like mega crossovers and like ultra ultra movie length bullshit, and it's just like no, it's just bad. It's all bad. Yep. Only people who don't actually understand comics or like un- like have appreciation for like the actual legitimacy of comics watch these shows. Like, filthy casuals watch these shows. Yep. Like, casuals probably watch these shows, but, like, it's bad enough that, like, they objectively go, or, so, like, they look at it and go, this is objectively bad, I don't want to watch it, which is fine. The people who watch it are the ones who, like, will watch anything and, like, claim that this is good. They're the ones that are filthy casuals. I am throwing shade at a large group of people. Yes, right you now. are. And I don't care. I like it. Because if you have respect for the comics and the origins and the people who create the comics, you will not watch the CW shows because they are so terrible and so wrong that it's just <clears throat> offensive. Also, if you have respect for decent quality TV in general. Yeah, too. <laughs> I hate the CW. Moving on. Apparently Ridley Scott's making Gladiator 2. I saw that. It's Apparently a, Bad Boys 3 is happening. It's a There's a whole bunch of sequels coming weird, out. Yeah, it's a weird weird time to be alive. We just we just talked about late sequels. Yeah. We started it. Yeah. We kicked it off. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, Influencers. <clears throat> Man, we have such a wide what's yeah. it wide range of what's it, something of influence? Sphere. Sphere of influence. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know a whole lot of details. Uh, it sounds like he's pretty settled an idea of focusing on the the kid from the original one. Um, Lucius, I think was his name. Lucius Fox. Yes. No, that's uh, a CW move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's gonna be grown up and. Also, just I thought about this the other day when they announced that Batwoman was gonna be cast. They had the bat signal in the back background. Batwoman doesn't answer to the fucking bat signal. The bat signal is for Batman. No one else in the bat family shows up to the bat signal. That is not, that is so, like, that is a blatant disregard to the origins of these characters. That is a blatant disregard to the fact that Batwoman is just Batwoman because she wants to be Batwoman, not because she wants to be part of Batman. By putting the bat signal behind her, you are disregarding the power of this woman who is, like, a super awesome lesbian character. That is just her own character. You are attaching her to somebody else because you don't think that she can be a character on her own. Fuck you, CW! Anyway, continue. Wow, I'm mad! <laughs> uh, Scott has apparently also <laughs> talked about... <laughs> I hate CW so much. We I'm know. sorry. We know. <laughs> uh, Scott has apparently, though, also talked about bringing back Russell Crowe. Bring him back to life through... I'd say comic book shenanigans, which is not technically true, but feels accurate given how he's described it. Yeah. Like somehow moving his soul into another body or oh something. Oh, God. Is that it's, the way he wants to do it? Yeah. Um, so please don't do that. I think there's probably a pretty interesting sequel where you follow the, the son now that he's grown up. Yeah. Um, and you look at how Maximus's revolution changed things. Mm-hmm. So 
who knows could be good ridley scott has kind of an inconsistent track record especially going back to his old properties cough cough prometheus cough cough alien covenant mm-hmm. so as much as i love gladiator i think i'm kind of cautiously pessimistic about this yeah um that's all i have to say on that um you have any more news i think i've got everything okay because I, I have i have one more small thing uh-oh Iron Fist and Luke Cage got canceled. Uh huh. Jessica Jones and Daredevil didn't. Uh-huh. Two shows did. Two shows didn't. Half of oh, the God Marvel extended Netflix universe <laughs> got canceled. It's almost like someone just snapped their fingers and half the universe died. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Mm. Coincidence? I think not. That's a terrible voice. I'm sick. I can't yes, do it. I know. No, I do think I don't think that's the case. No, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. No, what uh, I think we've talked about this. I don't know mm-hmm. if we said it on the air. Basically, what our prediction is happening right now is DC or uh, Disney <laughs> wants all its properties on its net on its streaming service. Right. So what they're doing is they're paying Netflix obscene sums of money to have Netflix cancel the shows. Because you're right. You mm-hmm. pointed this out. I went back and I read the press or the uh, announcements, mm-hmm. and the wording is very much. These shows will no longer be playing on Netflix. Yeah. It doesn't really – it doesn't say anything about, like, these shows are canceled altogether. Right. It says they will no longer be on Netflix or Netflix yes. has canceled these shows. So we think Net- – or De- uh, blah, my God. Disney. Disney is playing obscene, paying obscene sums of money to Netflix to cancel these shows that they can take them. Um, I'm pretty sure they started with Iron Fist because Iron Fist was bad and they want to make this really subtle. Right. Then they went Luke Cage. Really subtle. Mm-hmm. They can't cancel Daredevil or Iron Fist or uh, uh, Daredevil <laughs> or uh, Jones Jones subtly, right? Without like causing suspicion. So I think what their next move is going to be is to just be like, yeah, no, we're canceling everything on Netflix and we're going over to streaming service. Like yeah. just owning the fact that they're doing. They'll this. just wait a little bit. They're probably they probably went with these first two to kind of like test the waters, see what reactions are. Right. Um, or. They did cancel these two shows. They're just going to do a Friends for or Friends for Good Lord, Heroes for Hire show on stream on their streaming service. Mm-hmm. Leave Daredevil and Jessica Jones at Netflix mm-hmm. while they're doing well, mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Maybe like yeah. pick up the pick pick up like pieces of bad ones and do it better on Disney or something like that. Yeah, those are my two potentials. Both both plausible. Yeah. I think it just seems simplest and most likely that they're taking them to yeah oh that's absolutely got to be what they're doing well i mean they're doing it regardless in either one of my scenarios yeah just how they're doing it differs i would love a heroes for hire with those two because we got like one heroes for hire episode in iron fist season two and it's pretty Uh great so yeah uh oh and punisher so punisher could probably get yeah nixed because i i don't even know what they're planning next i think there's a jessica jones season three in the works i don't think there's anything but i don't think there's anything like on the horizon really the most i've seen of like a future show is that the same show like the same creators for season three are coming back for season four of daredevil mm-hmm. like and they're like yeah no we're excited we have plans for season four mm-hmm. it hasn't been like officially ordered or anything that we know of but right. like that's the most active i've seen anything right. for the next for the next yeah. era yep uh anything else <clears throat> i think i'm out of things all right uh oh we got a few trailers we did spies in disguise looks pretty entertaining I didn't even see that trailer. It's an animated. It's the Will Smith animated. Will, S- Will Smith, Tom Holland, Rashida Jones. That's right. Uh, looks pretty amusing. Okay. Uh, the scene where he's like, because he's a pigeon now, and like pigeons have 360 view because their eyes are 
Right. Out. So he's like, and Tom Holland's character's like, look at me, look at me. He's like, look at you. I can't not look at you. I can see my butt and you at the same time. It's very amusing. Okay. I might, if, if more trailers come out and it's all this amusing, I might go see it. Okay. Anyway, there's yeah. other trailers out there, but I don't care. Nothing big. Nothing huge. Get it together, news. It's been too slow. Uh, we have a row. first. We have a first uh, picture of Game of Thrones season eight. That eight, yes, eight. Oh, I hadn't. It seen was that. on Entertainment Weekly's cover. Okay. <coughs> what, what, what what was it? Huh? What what was it? It was uh, John and Daenerys. Oh. It was just them being them. Okay. Yep. Also, I had the end of season seven spoiled for me oh. because naturally, when I went to, it was like. What we think is going to start with season eight. And I was like, interesting. Don't do it. Don't and like, do it. You. I thought it would, I don't know what my process was, but for some reason it didn't connect in my brain. So that seeing how season eight will start will probably, the article will probably start with how season seven ends. So I had that spoiled for me. Nice. I'm the worst. You're I just... mean, to be fair, the end, like the end of it is basically you see it coming from like season five. Yeah. So, like, I didn't read more beyond that. It was just, like, you can cut – you can, like, flip this out at yep. 37 minutes. Okay. Um, it just said, like, the White Walkers destroyed the wall. I don't know what to what extent or, like, what they did with that. Mm-hmm. I just know they destroyed the wall. They've been moving south for fucking six seasons. Yeah. They're like, gonna get there I eventually. knew they were going to get there. I figured there was going to be a big invasion. Like, I, I knew something like that was coming. So it's not a yep. huge spoiler. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. You might not even really want to take that out. It doesn't matter. It feels like work. I'll see if I remember. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's it. We're 30. Stop it, throat. We're at 37 minutes. We got to get through this. Let's talk about some horror movies. All right, so now we are talking about the new horror movies. Yep. The really bad ones and then the really good ones. Right. So just to redefine our terms, we set the threshold as Silence of the Lambs. That's the first modern horror movie in our entirely arbitrary definition Mm -hmm. although thinking about it i think it kind of does make sense because it was one of the first serial killer horror movies Mm -hmm. which plays into a point i'm going to make later about how horror movies have been trying to get more horrifying for Mm -hmm. a long time uh and it was also the first horror movie i think to be received seriously as just a prestige movie it won a bunch of oscars yeah and i think it was kind of the first moment where the world was like Oh, wait, horror movies can be great movies, too. Yeah. Not to say that there weren't great ones before that, like Jaws, Halloween, Alien, all those. Those are good movies. Those were great movies, but I don't think people considered them to be awards-caliber stuff, necessarily. Yeah. So, 90s and early aughts were sure a bad time for horror. Oh, bad. Oh, quite the bad. Yeah. Quite the horrible. Very, very horrible. Very, very, very bad. Yeah. Such as? Such as? You're the one that has notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's I mean, a terrible movie. Saw and Skeleton Key were two that I saw this week that were not good and kind of emblematic of a lot of the problems. Uh-huh. I think they both came out in 2004. Um, Saw was very much like the torture porn, let's have as much blood and guts as we can get away with. Yeah. Uh, whereas Final Destination came out in 2000. Yeah. 2000, 2003, 2006, so same, 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 same type. Yep, same type. Uh, a lot of just very generic paranormal movies. That was more later aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Skeleton Key was very much that. Um, possession and witchcraft and mm-hmm. nonsense and all that. Yeah, it's definitely um, what mov- music uh, bleh, movie studios like looked at looked at the successful ones and were like, what do these all have in common? Oh, death. 
Right. Let's make a movie about death. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a lot of the problems with horror in that era can be attributed to the fact that what was scary before gets increasingly less scary. You got diminishing returns on yeah. stuff. So the later slasher movies get ridiculous, partly because they run out of ideas, partly because it's never going to be as scary as the first time you see something like that. Yeah. Uh, shark movies have been ridiculous basically since Jaws. And sure, there are good examples out there. Sharknado! Not that one. Oh. <laughs> um, Enough said. It's a, it's Didn't they good. just come out? Are they only coming out with five? I think they're coming out with five. Like, the or first one was, like, five. a film student's project or something that, that just happened to get on sci-fi. It was a, yeah. And then beyond that, it was all a joke. They all knew it was a joke. Oh, yeah. No one ever took it seriously. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, not entertaining enough to be taken remotely seriously for being not taken seriously. Right. It's just, like, s- fucking stop. Like, no kind one of. actually cares. <laughs> I sure don't care. You're wasting all of our time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think... I think, yeah, a lot of these problems are escalation. So you get it, the a lot of the torture porn stuff. You get Saw, you get Hostel, you get, uh, what is it, Serbian film. A um, bunch of things like that in the early and mid-aughts mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, let's just see how much blood and guts we can escalate to. Yeah. Uh, the Halloween remake that Rob Zombie did in 2007, I have not seen, but I know is known for being way bloodier and more brutal. Hmm. Um, it's a remake? Yeah. Okay. A loose remake, I think. I've and never they, seen it. They remade uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I think probably got much more bloody. Yeah. Um, and I think the supernatural stuff is like, okay, this gives us an excuse to ratchet up the creepy noises and jump scares and stuff mm-hmm. and just freak audiences out. And so the problem is that stuff gets old really fast mm-hmm. and it doesn't lend itself to good movies. Yeah. So we were doomed to a decade and a half of just bad horror. Yeah. Oh, I also saw Friday the 13th this week. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Bad. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, uh, actually fun fact. You never actually see Freddy. Not Freddy. Jason. Jason. He's oh. not actually the antagonist. Really? That's a huge common misconception that like he it's his mom. Huh. Freddy's mom is the, is the killer throughout the whole Jason's movie. Jason's mom. And yeah. You said Freddy. God damn it. Man. Uh, yeah, I am really tired and sick. My <laughs> like I can't hear myself. So like I, I don't know. My brain just doesn't register things. I also have medicine in my system right now. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's Jason's mom. And the only time you actually see physically him is at the very end. Okay. When the when Alice has, a night, has like, a vision of being, like, yoinked into the water. Mm. And it's just, like, a young child. All gross. Okay. He actually makes his first appearance in 2 where he's, reven- like, getting back for someone decapitating his mom. Uh, yeah. So, Jason is not in the first movie. Okay. Fun fact. Well, right. anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. Uh, and then, all of a sudden, right around 2010 or so, we started getting good horror movies again. <gasps> like? Well, Quiet Place just this year, Get Out. Well, was, what was the one in 2010? I don't know. What, like, what were the early ones? Uh, the early ones, let's see, I have this list somewhere. Um, I'm... <laughs> blanking this it is follows was 2013 it follows was 2014 that 14. was earlier babadook was right around that maybe maybe 2013 these were kind of the early ones mm-hmm. like from around that era that it's not hard and fast to 2010 yeah okay it's just like they started to sneak in around yeah. then was I like wanna, i need to watch babadook. have you seen babadook yeah how yeah. bad is it or how terrifying is it it's creepy 
Okay. It's What's it about? Um, Boogeyman, just kind of generic? Boogeyman, but not just generic. It's very metaphorical. Okay. And as much as it is definitely scary, I'd say the defining emotion is much more sadness. Interesting. Um, well, it's a, it's a mom and her son, and the dad was killed in a car crash. Okay. Before. Um, and so it's kind of them coming to terms with that. Interesting. And struggling to exist as their own broken family. Yeah. So um, what's the Babadook then? Uh, the Babadook, well, it is like a demon boogeyman type of deal. Mm-hmm. But it's also sort of a metaphor for their grief and the hole in their lives. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. But that one's legitimately really great. Yeah. One of the best horror movies I've seen, if we're being honest. He looks terrifying too. Yeah. It's a, it's Didn't great they just do a new one? No. I don't think they're doing I don't think they're doing sequels to that. Or they just like came out with a new one. I don't think so. I don't think they ever did a sequel. Ah, not Baba Ooh. (laughs) Baba Ooh. (laughs) It was Uh, just like B A B A space and like six O. I don't know why my phone autocorrected to that. I just want to look at the face. That's yeah. Oh, that is terrifying. Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, it's 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 creepy. Yikes. Um let's see. Oh, okay. It follows. Yeah, it follows another metaphor, a very blatant metaphor. Like th- yeah. they did not dance around that yeah, one. That one's aggressively metaphorical. Uh, stuff like Under the Skin, The Witch, um, Hereditary, which I didn't love, but everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like those those things. Those all started coming out in the early teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of have set myself up for this, but. Why do you think that started to happen then? I mean, do you have an answer? I do. Oh, okay. Well, I will try to answer with my sinusy face. Um, <laughs> I think it may be more of like a um, – we're getting into an atmosphere, especially now, like past two years with something like Get Out and A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. where there's more of a respect and a – less of a barrier to entry for people who want to direct and can make quality stuff. Stealing all my points. Go on. So like you have like in the past, nobody would respect or allow a comedy actor to go in and direct a movie, like write a movie and direct a movie. Mm -hmm. But you get these quality movies because someone has an idea. And if you have an idea that you're passionate about, you'll go make it Mm -hmm. and you get something like get out or Mm -hmm. a quiet place. Yeah. And we have more of that now. It's easier to make movies. It's way easier to make movies. Yes. I learned recently that it like something that was like a pretty expensive or pretty high budget was actually like super cheap way back then. Like there was like a seventy million dollar budget for um, not uh, not seventy million. I think it was either seventy thousand or seven hundred thousand for uh, Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and it had a really low budget. Yeah. And I said that, or and I said, or oh my god, it had a really low quality. And I said that. I was like, wow, that is really expensive. And Andrew informed me that, like, it was so expensive to make movies back then. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper now, so it's easier to get the funding to make these movies. Yeah. So, like, it may be less even that, like, we have more – the movies are getting better. We're just getting a higher quantity of movies, which you're bound to get a few good ones in there. I think I think that's definitely – there's definitely something to that. Um I want to go back to my escalation point, how horror has to keep escalating and keep people scared. Mm-hmm. I think we hit a point where it's like we can't get more extreme than this. Yeah. 
And so they had to start looking for different directions to go in. Um, so a lot of these horror movies, they started focusing back in on the human drama, which has always been at the core of good horror movies. Yeah. So stuff like Babadook, Quiet Place, uh, Get Out, even It, which is sort of yeah. like a, a lighter horror movie. Mm-hmm. That stuff, it's all like it's it's got scares to it but that stuff's all centered around thematic ideas or human drama much mm-hmm. more than the scares being yeah front and center so i think it's kind of side escalation um and then i think you also get movies that want to go in interesting and different directions mm-hmm. because again it's hard to get scary with these same old formulas you can't yeah introducing more blood isn't going to scare anyone now yeah. introducing more jump scares isn't going to do anything to anyone yeah so you got to throw twists on the formula you mentioned it follows is like it's a completely unique you, concept you take something that you will witness in the real world like you get jump scares and you're scared and your blood's pumping for or mm-hmm. like your heart's pumping for like another like three minutes after but it's done Right. But you take something like It Follows. So, like, it, fo- it Follows, for example, you leave the movie theater, you see someone slowly walking towards you, you immediately go back to that, and you're like, shit! Oh, God, I'm gonna die! Yeah. And then, and I wanna go, fu- I gotta go fuck someone, for yep. some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have something like A Quiet Place, where th- there's a little, like, a little bit afterwards, you're afraid to be loud. Yeah. Like, I definitely walked out of the theater, like, I think we went to see it together. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. We like in the car. We were just like really quiet, like talking quietly. And we yeah. pointed it out that we're like, we're talking like significantly quieter right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Get Out, so I don't know what, what really psychological effect is. But like, you have something like a slasher movie, and you go out and you're like, you see someone in a crazy mask with a machete, and then you know you're gonna die. But you right. see standard people, and you're like, I'm alive. Yeah. But yeah, it's like with It Follows the 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 terrifying thing embodied a normal person. Right. Which was the most terrifying, for the most part. Or like a really tall, creepy guy. Right. That was honestly the most terrifying one That was a me. great moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that they're getting better at getting away from jump scares, which break tension. Honestly, yeah. that's something I realized watching a bunch of these bad horror movies, is jump scares are great for getting you to jump out of your pants for a minute. Yeah. But they break all the tension that had been built up to that point. Yeah. And you lose a lot of that weight. Um, and so something like a quiet place doesn't need jump scares cause it can just ratchet up the tension the whole time. Yeah. And so you feel that even after you leave the theater. I think one of the best, like for me, what I find the most terrifying is like when the thing is right behind the person, basically like mm-hmm. that shit or like when it's, I mean, obviously that, I'm about to say something that is super like no shit. Like insidious, the, the, I never watched the movie because it's terrifying and I'm not going to watch it. Uh, but there's one thing in the trailer where it's just the thing, like the red face behind mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, that is burned in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm still scared of that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, they're about to get jump scared yep. and you know it. Yep. And you're just like, oh God, don't turn around. Please don't turn around. Yeah. And that, that is the value of jump scares is a jump scare. If you're, if you know that you're leading up to one, it can mm-hmm. be effective because that does build the tension so much because you're yeah. anticipating it. But then it does release it unless you do it really well. Yeah. Um, 
going back to the movies I watched this week, Under the Shadow, the Iranian one, mm -hmm. that one has probably a half dozen jump scares. But most of those work pretty well because they don't dissipate the tension. They serve to exacerbate it almost. Yeah. So jump scares aren't inherently bad. It's just doing a jump scare because you think it makes your movie scary. Yeah. It is diminishes cheating. The, yeah. Uh, there's another thing I thought of that, like, in the in the slasher movies, you it's scary because there's a person being chased, but like it 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 dilutes it because these victims are doing shit that you would not normally do. Right. Like in Friday the Thirteenth, she like starts really softly throwing things at uh, Jason's mom, mm -hmm. and like she falls over and then she runs away. Mm -hmm. When there's a knife right there, just take the knife and finish the job right there. Just yeah. do it. But, like, in these other movies, like, I mean, the two that I've seen, It Follows and um, A Quiet Place, mm -hmm. they're doing everything they can. Yeah. And you know they are, yeah. and they're still screwed. Yeah. Like, for It Follows, one of the complaints I heard is, like, well, why don't you just get on a plane and go to a different continent? It's like, because the thing's still going to follow you. Yeah. It doesn't drown. It'll start walking on the o through the ocean. Yeah. That just mo that's just more terrifying because then you don't know how long it's going to be before right. they get there. So you can spend five years scared out of – scared shitless right when or you can like go to a different state and you know that you've got a day of safety right before they show up so you can kind of guarantee that you're close to them yes but you can get you can control it more it's predictable yeah right so like that's what they do is they run and they like they sit there and they watch and they like they know what to look for and you're just like oh god oh i see them in the shadows yeah <laughs> it's yeah it, i i think there's definitely something to that that horror movies are better when it actually has rational human beings as yeah. its characters yeah, instead exactly. of artifacts for blood and yeah. jump scares yeah that just yeah um also i wanted to go back to your point about everyone can make a horror movie because i literally have that line <laughs> on my on my notes um have you heard of the streaming service shutter yes okay actually yes okay I, don't, I, I think you're the one that told me about it might have uh, yeah, so it's a horror-exclusive yeah. streaming service, which I have a subscription to, and I probably will for, like, all of two months. Do they so have Shutter on it? Is that you a movie? <sighs> Dude. Okay, so Shudder is a movie that I watched in high school with some friends, and there's a picture of me on Facebook, and we're all, like, like grabbing each other. Uh -huh. That was us watching that movie. Okay. So basically what the thing is, like, this guy's got a, ca a camera. It's, like, him and his girlfriend i think he's got a camera and like he starts taking he does he's a photographer and he takes pictures and i'll notice like this smudge <laughs> and like it develop as as the movie develops it realizes that there there's a person that <laughs> that he takes pictures of and like it is just like oh my god there's this person following me and like i can i can see it only in the pictures <laughs> and there's a bug up there. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, don't come in the door, parents. You've done it once already. Um, so And, like, he starts, like, having this, like, shoulder problem, and it's just, like, unexplained kind of the whole time. Uh -huh. And then he, like, turns the camera around and takes the picture, and you can see the girl sitting on his shoulder. Um, oh. So, and, like, what, the, what, the, what it turns out is that he and some of his friends, it's a rape revenge. Oh. That I, he's not the one that did it. But his friends did, and he only took pictures of it uh, okay. while it was happening. And then they killed her, I think. Uh -huh. And so, like, she's with him, and, like, they 
the other guys die. Uh-huh. Like one gets like pushed out of a building and like dies super gruesome. One I think like gets shot or something. Mm-hmm. But like it's super terrifying. Okay. It's called Shudder. I would actually recommend it. If I can remember as well as I can, I think it's actually pretty good. Okay. I could also be entire, like, entirely could, wrong because be I was in high school. Yep. Um, yeah, so Shudder's a horror-only streaming service. It's been around for about a year and a half. Um, oh! 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Never mind. It's probably terrible. Probably. <laughs> uh, but uh, – so for one thing, they have pretty decent selection and a good price. So check them out. Thanks to Shutter for not sponsoring this episode. Thanks for the free advertising. You're welcome. All Pay that. us now. Pay us. Uh, but they have already started producing their own stuff, hmm. which we talked about this last week. That horror is a genre that has the advantage that you don't need much money to create, a, yeah, make a great horror movie. Um, so The Witch in the Window, one of the movies they talked about, the one with mm-hmm. the continuity errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Shutter original. Okay. That. Like, they've only existed for a year, and they made this movie already that's a great horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got its issues, but yeah. it does a lot of things right. And it's because it was made for no money. Like, I haven't heard of the director. There's about six actors in it, and the main guy is a film professor from UCLA or something mm-hmm. whose buddy was the director. And he's like, hey, you want to come star in this movie that I'm going to make? Hmm. They made it in, like, two weeks Yeah, for probably five figures. Jeez. Yeah. <coughs> and it's great. Oh, there's a clip of mine. And and you can you can do that. Like there's entire models built around this. You've heard of Blumhouse, the studio? Yeah. Yeah. Their entire model is basically horror's really cheap to make, so we're just gonna throw small to moderate amounts of money at creative people and let them do their thing. Yeah. So you talked about how something like Get Out is not something that a normal studio would necessarily go for. They wouldn't take a comedian, a first time mm-hmm. comedian, and let him do this. On its face, very strange concept that yeah. it's hard. It'd be really hard to pitch that. Good lord! Like, Blumhouse did everything. Yeah, I know. Get out in City of Split, The Purge, Happy Death Day, Upgrade, Sinister, Paranormal Activity, Halloween, The Gift, Upgrade, Oculus. I mean, that, I just went off the list. Ouija. Yeah, I just um, went off the first list. They also did uh, Whiplash and Black Klansman, which are not horror, uh-huh. but also well-regarded movies. Um. Yeah, so their their entire business model has been it's easy to make good horror movies. And so, yeah, they have made a lot of bad movies, but yeah. they've had some real successes. Yeah. Um, Get Out won an Oscar for Best Screenplay. Uh-huh. Uh, Oculus I really liked. The Halloween remake is making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Upgrade is supposed to be really good. Split is made a bunch of money. It's going to get a sequel that's going to make a bunch of money. Halloween. Um, I said that one. Oh, okay. Uh, Paranormal Activity made a bunch of money. I don't think it was great, but it did well. Um, A24, which is like a new up-and-coming studio, has also had some good success with uh, horror. They're doing the Spawn movie. Bah! Yeah, Blumhouse is doing the Spawn movie. <coughs> I didn't know that. <coughs> yeah. Oh, hey, they also did the sh- Whiplash, the short film. Mm-hmm. That's not a horror movie. No. Anyway. I said that they did that, and it's not a horror movie. Okay, I was like, okay, I was like, I was scrolling through. I was barely paying attention to you. I was scrolling through uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you barely pay attention to me anyway, so yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, I was gonna also say A twenty four is another like new up and coming studio. They're best uh-huh. known for um, they did Ex Machina and the Florida Project and Lady Bird and Disaster Artist mm-hmm. and Killing of a Sacred Deer, but they've also done horror movies like uh, The Witch and Hereditary and It Comes at Night that Ooh. are 
have done very well. And again, they're, they have this similar model where they're like, we don't need to throw a ton of money at this to make a great movie. Mm -hmm. So we'll just turn some creative people loose. And honestly, that's a great formula. It's, it's not a big deal for a small to mid-sized studio to gamble a hundred thousand dollars on a movie that like Halloween might take in three or 400 million. Yeah. You, you throw a hundred thousand at enough creative people and you're going to have some winners. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. The market is realizing, Hey, horror is a great opportunity to get some good movies. And so you increase volume, you're naturally going to get better movies. Yeah, better, some, some good movies. Yeah. Yeah. Some more good movies. Um, I also wanted to point out briefly that we're getting a lot more multicultural and foreign horror movies too. Mm -hmm. Cause I think it's just getting easier to make movies. And yeah. so other countries are also getting in on the game. Um, I talked about under the shadow, which is Iranian. Um, yep. there's another famous middle Eastern horror movie. A uh, girl walks home alone at night. Um, that's a very straightforward title. Yeah. wonder what happens in it. Uh, I think there's vampires. Oh, presumably they walk home at night, probably at night. Cause at day they, in day they probably burn up. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but it's really well regarded. It might've gotten an Oscar nominated for okay. foreign language film. Um, European horror movies, I mean, they've been more of a presence because there's always been kind of a European cinema thing, too. Uh -huh. uh, but, like, Revenge, that one I mentioned. Um, Let the Right One In, that's a little older, but mm -hmm. it's, a, it's another vampire one. Uh, Raw, which came out a couple years ago, I really like that one. It's a veterinarian student who um, has a hazing she's, – she's a vegan, but there's a hazing ritual where they have to eat raw meat or something, and she develops an – unhealthy obsession with eating flesh oh yeah those vegans yep it's uh very bloody like revenge <clears throat> revenge is also very bloody so i think europeans must like their blood at least the french because those are both french movies okay um korean horror is actually really great they're really good at taking other countries sort of horror tropes or formulas and repurposing them um, so I talked about Train to Busan, which might be my new favorite zombie movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they did The Host back in 2006, which is probably one of the best giant monster movies ever made. Mm -hmm. um, they've done stuff like uh, The Wailing, I Saw the Devil. Um, there's another high-profile one I'm blanking on right now. Um, but, yeah, they're they're really good at, at taking these formulas, and they, they introduce a level of satire uh and cultural or political relevance but then they also managed to make it just be a great movie that stands on its own mm -hmm. so way to go korea um feels like maybe there's some commentary in there on how they've like south korea has adopted western culture and yet kept itself its own thing and become a very successful country after and since the I wonder, korean war i'm wondering if like with these foreign movies, like the reason you're saying they're so good is because maybe they have a lot more terrible ones, but we oh, only sure. hear of the good ones. I'm sure. But again, it's another thing where you, you get more movies, you're going to have more winners. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think it's another factor of just movies are easier to make now. Yeah. But it's also interesting because you get new perspectives, you get new, new fears under the shadows about a, a jinn, which is like a Arabic ghost or spirit mm -hmm. type of thing. And so that's not something that we're really familiar with, but it's it's cool to see that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Any other? That was that was my point on, on foreign horror. All right. I have nothing else. Okay. 
Sounds me? Movies are sure scary, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think the general point is uh, escalation forced us to think in different directions, and also we realized as an industry that horror movies are really easy to make. Yeah, so let's just make a lot of them, and so those two factors ran right into each other, and we got a bunch of good horror. Yay! Hopefully, we get more. Hopefully, we do. I think we will. Yeah, we definitely will. I'm optimistic. I'm wondering what they're going to do with the uh, It Follows, not bleh, not It Follows, Quiet Place sequel. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm concerned because sequels rarely get better. Depends. I think, I think if a sequel is always intended, then a sequel is better. Case in point, Empire Strikes Back, Dark Knight, yeah. stuff like that. But if it's not necessarily planned, I think it's often worse. Yeah. This one was not necessarily planned. Yeah. So I'm worried. I don't know. Shall we? We shall. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this part two of our two-part episode on horror movies. Um, if there are any horror movies that we didn't talk about or any any reasons for the recent rise of good horror that you think should have mentioned, you can hit us up on Facebook to yell us about that. We're Just Us Losers. You can also email those thoughts to justicelosers.pod at gmail.com or do it in short form on Twitter at justicelosers.pod. Uh, we also have an Instagram. Check us out there for pictures that we post about once a month. That's also at justicelosers.pod. Uh, you can find this delightful podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you want it to be somewhere else, yell at Preston. He'll figure it out. Yep. Um, that's all I can say on that because I don't know how technology works apparently. Yep. Uh, that's typically how a lot of things go with technology. It's tell Preston, he'll figure it out. Pretty much. That's how most of our church works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, mic again. Did we ever figure out what we were talking about next week? Oh yeah. yeah, gritty reboots. Gritty reboots. So we're talking about gritty reboots in honor of the Nutcracker gritty reboot, which for some reason is coming out next week. <laughs> uh, uh, everything's the worst. So if you have a favorite or least favorite gritty reboot, if you've got thoughts on gritty reboots as a as a type of movie i guess uh hit us up at one or several of those mediums that i mentioned before and tell us all about it because honestly i'm not sure what i have to say on the subject so give me some thoughts people thanks for listening thanks for listening bye 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 boo i hate oh god i hit the mic that wasn't a bye oh that was there we go